Hello, welcome to episode 10 of Nerdry. That's right, I'm finally recording it. <laughs> this is episode 10. Uh, I have an email address where you can send questions, comments, concerns, your life story to the Nerdry Podcast at gmail.com. So if you want me to read your email on the air, please send an email to the Nerdry Podcast at gmail.com. I also have a Facebook. You can search the Nerdry Podcast on Facebook. You can leave me comments there. Um, I will often let you know on my Facebook page when a new episode is coming up soon, and you can make suggestions for a word of the day, something nerdy to talk about, a book you'd like me to read. Um, I also highly encourage you to leave me cute pictures of animals and send me stupid puns because I enjoy them very much. So I'm going to dive right in. Uh, I'm going to start out with my book about section. The book I am reading right now, because I finally finished the other one, is called... Non-Believer Nation by David Neosi. I think that's how you spell it. Or say it. Yeah. Non-Believer Nation is deliciously intelligent. Uh, it's written in a succinct manner that just very efficiently delivers each and every thought in a brilliant and factual, neat little package. It's just tasty. I, I, I love every single sentence that I read of this book. Um, I'm really enjoying this book, and therefore I am already, uh, I have flown through to page 64. That's really fast for me, because I just started reading it um, the beginning of this month. So I read 64 pages in 10 days. That doesn't sound like very much, but for me, that's pretty good. I love reading, but I'm so damn slow at it. Uh, what this book is about <clears throat> is basically enlightening the reader to the history and current situation of um, secularity in America. It utilizes valid sources of information like historical documents, um, for example, to confirm what most secular Americans already know, which is that America was founded on secular values, not Christian values. And then it proceeds to provide the current arguments made by evangelicals and fundamentalists by people like Pat Robertson and Michelle Bachman, um, you know, people of the Christian persuasion, Christian, <laughs> debunking and flat out destroying them with facts. Uh, the the counter arguments presented are just, like I said, they're tasty. Um, they're smart. They're backed by undeniable evidence, and they are to an objective li listener pretty much irrefutable. Uh, I. I really enjoy this book quite a bit, and I think anyone who is in the same camp as I am, being a secular American, um, you should really read it. And even those who aren't secular Americans but are open to learning about this kind of stuff, because this is kind of a history lesson, and then it kind of talks about the issues that we deal with um, day in and day out as secular Americans, it gives you another viewpoint on the world. Uh, it lets you look through a keyhole at a, another perception of life on planet Earth in America. Um, and uh, I, I think it's really good. If, if you're willing to read it, definitely do it. It's, it's incredibly intelligent. I wanted to read um, a couple lines that I really liked. I, I liked them so much I highlighted them <laughs> in the book. I own it, and whatever. I'm that kind of nerd who highlights my books. So there you have it. So the lines that I had highlighted uh, that I wanted to share with you, so you can get a, a, just a teeny tiny, you know, snippet of, of the sort of writing that, that is in this book. 
Appreciation of religion is one thing, but the exaltation of it as an indicator of America's superior virtue is simply absurd. Uh, compared to the rest of the developed world, Americans often appear violent and criminal, ignorant and anti-intellectual, and sexually uninformed and immature. All of this while we simultaneously hold ourselves out as pious, exemplary, upright, and being in a position to dictate the moral standards to the rest of the world. The belief that Americans are a religious people is one of the key reasons that politicians typically ignore the secular American demographic. Another is the fact that many non-believing Americans choose not to identify openly as secular because of popular attitudes that vilify non-religious people, particularly atheists, as bad and undesirable. Atheists, in particular, are traditionally so unpopular in America that a 2006 University of Minnesota study found them to be not only the most disliked and distrusted minority, but also the group into which Americans would least like to see their children marry, ranking behind Muslims, gays, and recent immigrants. So there you have it. That's kind of a, a really good um, portion of the book to, to hear if you want to get an idea of, of what this book is like, the, the way that he writes, the kinds of things that he talks about, and the information that he utilizes, such as uh, studies in historical documents, etc. Etc. It's it's a very good book. So, having said that, uh, my book recommendation for today is kind of a fun one. It's not so much a book as is more of a graphic novel. Um, it's called Storm by Tim Minchin, and actually has a foreword by Neil Gaiman. Gaiman, whatever. Uh, so anyway, it, it's a um, basically a graphle. Graphle. I can do words. I swear. <laughs> It's a graphic novel version of a cartoon tale um, told by Tim Minchin, and it's fabulously hilarious and witty. Tim is, he's blunt, he's brutal, he's funny as hell, and he is far, far wiser than his looks would imply. If you've enjoyed Tim Minchin's work in the past, um, this is definitely the book for you. Uh, if you haven't seen it, um, or if you'd like to see the cartoon, it should be free on YouTube. Just look up Tim Minchin Storm. Um, I've I've seen the cartoon, and it's hilarious. And basically, it's, it's the exact same thing that, that this book is. Uh, I bought the book to support him, um, and it's it's a very nice uh, nice book. It, it it has a good tactile feel to it. The artwork is great. Um, and it, it says word for word exactly what you would see in the video. It's very funny. Um, so yeah, if you haven't heard of Tim Minchin, check out Storm on YouTube. I'm sure it's still there, and you can get kind of a taste of his genius. Moving on to the weird word of the day. Uh, I'm going to fuck this up. <laughs> I'm actually using a Swedish word. It's Bjornjanst. Bjornjanst. Um, it's spelled B-J-O-R-N-T-J-A-N-S-T. So it's probably more like Bjorn, Bjorn Tjanst. Anyway, um, it literally translates to bear favor. Uh, and it means basically to do something for someone with good intentions, but it actually has negative consequences instead. And, uh... It's supposedly a reference to a, f a Swedish fable about a bear who swats a mosquito on a guy's face. He's sleeping, he's got a mosquito on his face, 
And the bear tries to swat the mosquito, but accidentally kills the man. <laughs> so, so, pure enchanced. Anyway, um, you should probably look up how to actually pronounce that, because I know I'm screwing it up. Bear favor. I think it's interesting. So what's making me angry today? Uh, small people on power trips. It's a line my, my mother came up with a while back, and it very well fits a lot of individuals that I've met throughout my life. They're small people, and they're on some pretty big power trips. It's people who have an ounce of authority, or maybe not even that much, who think they just run the damn world, and they talk down to you or tell you what to do. They're very condescending, usually. You know that coworker who thinks they're the boss, and they're just incredibly arrogant and don't seem to understand their actual role in the job? That kind of thing. Um, and I'm actually going to share with you a really great example from Reddit that just sort of perfectly encapsulates this kind of mentality that I just hate. Um, credit to Uncle J74 on Reddit. That rhymed. And uh, sorry, by the way, you had to deal with that idiot. So here's his story. <clears throat> Years ago, while working at a pizza place, our manager had to leave on a family emergency and left a girl in charge until one of the other shift runners could get there. And he lived about 45 minutes away. In that 45 minutes, this girl who was left in charge actually called one of her friends and hired her, saying she was the manager now, wrote me up for putting too much cheese on a pizza, and actually told one of the drivers he was fired because she didn't like his attitude. When the shift runner got there to take over, this girl also told him not to worry about it, and she had things under control. End result, her friend was not hired, my write-up for using too much cheese was torn up, the fired driver, who never left the parking lot, kept his job, and she quit a few days later because we were unprofessional and the manager played favorites. It's amazing how much people can fuck up with, like, one minute in power, or even when they think they have some power. You can just basically destroy everything because you're an idiot. <coughs> Trump. <coughs> Excuse me. So, anyway, that was a really good example of a small person on a power trip. Last section of episode 10, it brings me to the nerdy thing that I'm nerding out about today. And I'm going to bring up something really silly that <laughs> probably people are going to roll their eyes about. The nerdy thing I want to talk about today is Guitar Hero. <laughs> it actually came out back in 2005, so this was like 13 years ago. Um, I, I tell you what, when that game came out, for probably about a year or two afterwards... Every time I played it, I felt like a damn rock legend. It just made me feel so cool, and it was so much fun. If any of you are not actually familiar with it, it's a uh, music rhythm video game, and it uses a controller basically in the shape and size of a guitar with several buttons where strings would be. It has a little whammy bar, and it's got like this clickety flip switch deal where you'd be strumming with a pick. Uh, it came with a bunch of rock songs that progressively got harder and faster, and you could also pick different difficulties. And you had to try to hit all the notes with your with your guitar controller buttons, um, and the longer you consecutively hit notes, the better your score. And you would actually have, um, you know, an audience cheering you on. The best way to play this was to turn the volume up real loud, to hold your guitar down low, and then just, just pretend you're a rock star for a minute. It was so much fun. <laughs> And I almost completely destroyed my wrists and fingers with carpal tunnelness from my obsession with it. I know it's not even nearly on the same level as someone who can actually play guitar, but it does take some skill. And it is fun as hell. 
if you can get past, you know, how silly it is, it's a lot of fun. I really also loved creating my Rockstar, um, different versions of the game that came out, uh, like Rock Band, and I'm sure there was others. Um, you could get even more in-depth with creating your Rockstar. That was a lot of fun. <clears throat> then I think with Rock Band, yeah, with Rock Band, which basically, you know, was a, a predecessor? Whatever the word is where it comes out afterwards. Um, <laughs> a child um, of, of Guitar Hero. Uh, you, could, you could also introduce um, different portions of inst different instruments, basically, into the band. So you could have one person playing guitar, one person playing the bass, one person singing, uh, which I did that a lot in rock band because I am a singer and a lyricist. Um, <laughs> And uh, I think there was the drum portion, which they tried really hard with that one, but it wasn't that great. And then they did, like, a DJ Hero later that I just, you know, that once DJ Hero came out, I kind of lost all interest. Um, but Guitar Hero was the original, and it was so much fun. Um, like I said, I loved creating my rock star. You could win new guitars, new skins. You could get new hair, clothes, and you could put them all together and create like, this really cool-looking rock star that, was, that represented you up on stage. Um, you would get bigger and better vehicles and you could fly around, go to better venues. So the venues you played out got better and better as, as you leveled up basically by playing songs really well. My all time favorite song to this day on, on all of those games to play was Take Me Out, um, by Franz Ferdinand. It's a Scottish indie rock band. It was actually the first time I'd ever heard of that song. It was just, it was so bouncy and fun and I just want to play it right now. <laughs> Uh, I might have to buy this game again. Look up this song on YouTube, uh, Take Me Out by Franz Ferdinand, and tell me it doesn't make you want to rock out on your fake guitar while hopping up and down like an idiot. Tell me it doesn't make you want to do that. So that's my show. This was episode number 10. Um, I hope it wasn't too long or too short, and I, I do know it was very late, so I apologize for that. Again, lots going on in my personal life, and I just had to find the time to sit down write out an episode, agenda, itinerary, whatnot, and, and then just do it when I had some quiet time, and I finally had that today. So there you have it. Uh, again, you guys can send me an email at thenerdrypodcast at gmail.com, or you can go onto my Facebook, The Nerdry Podcast page. And I thank you guys for listening. May the source be with you.